Hey, what's going on guys? We got a fantastic one for you today. We've got Dylan Sicoccio. Dylan is awesome. Um, he wrote three books uh, called Spirit World. He's got a fourth one coming out on the way. All the links to all of his books are going to be in the description here. But those three books in particular have absolutely changed my life and really solidified who I am, where I am in the world, and what my relationship is to my creator. And I cannot thank him enough for, for doing the work that he's done. And I brought him on today to talk about his new book, Get Mad or Get Realistic, which I, I, I love the concept of. I think it's hugely important. I think self-reliance and building yourself up in the best possible person you can be is huge right now. It's a very polarizing guy. I love him. I can see his heart and his passion in there. Um, I can see how some people might think he's very brash and, and all that kind of stuff, but I think he's a great guy and I think he's, he's fantastic. He's hilarious, I think, too, and he doesn't pull punches. And I think another thing is, is he's not wrong. You know, you might be... You might not agree with it, but a lot of things he's saying, he has done extensive research into everything that he does and he puts into. If you read any of his books, you can 100% see that. So um, I was just really grateful to speak to this guy because I consider him a friend now, especially with all the advantages and all of the, um, the work that he's done has really touched my life. And uh, I just, I loved talking to him, giving him a platform to, to get in front of you guys so you guys can experience him yourself too. So all the links in the description are there for all of his books, as well as some important links I'd love you guys to check out if you're interested. Um, I think right now they're trying to make us essentially fat, dumb, and stupid. So I think all three of the links in the description are battling against that. The first one is by Optimizer Supplements. They're the stuff that I take personally. Um, they've got unreal supplements. They've got a magnesium pill that has all seven forms of magnesium that are found in nature. No other supplement does that. It's great for stress, anxiety, sleep, um, pretty much every single function in your body. They've got P3OM. They've got um, a hydrochloric acid for any sort of like digestional issues. They've got a gluten one for people who are gluten intolerant. Um, they've got like a constipation one. They've got colony biotics, which is a brain um, uh, brain improving um, supplement as well. And then you got food forest abundance, which is teaching you how to grow your own food. Um, you know, I think that's the most important thing we could probably do right now. And people are really seeing that. You know, they've got Adrian Grenier from Entourage supporting them and doing promotional material with them because you've seen the importance of growing your own food. And um, yeah, the supplementation, we kind of have to do that because our soil is so unbelievably depleted because of the, <laughs> the BS these guys are doing to us. Um, so outside of literally controlling your own food, which you can do through the links in the description, um, I think you just ha you have to supplement to make sure that you're, you're getting what you need. And then lastly, you've got uh, the jurisdictionary course. That is probably the most foundational course I've taken this entire you know two years really showing you how to take back control of your own life and I think it's the the one that's not as I don't know attractive to a lot of people where they just want to you know lift weights and get better and in those kind of regards but not in their mind and understanding their rights and how to enforce them because at the end of the day people can step all over you if they want to unless you do something about it so I think that one's extremely important too Dr. Graves has put together an unbelievable course all three of those in the description. If you guys are interested, please check those out. If not, let's get into the podcast. All right, I know the game. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all good. I'm just to get up. All right, everyone, and welcome back to Dig Within. I am Rob Edward, and today I'm really excited to bring uh, someone who I looked up to, actually, and now I can call a friend, which I, I'm really, really grateful for. I have author of Spirit World, Spirit World a three-part series with a fourth coming on the way, uh, which I'm actually extremely stoked about, about decoding the Bibles, the sky clock, mythology, symbology, and, and so much more. 
His other books include the series, The Tale of Honora, and his new book, which we are here to talk about today, Get Mad or Get Realistic. Dylan Sicoshio, how's it going, man? It's going awesome, man. I'm glad we got everything figured out. I'm now in a good mood <laughs> and uh, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. And, you know, hopefully on the other side of all this chaos, we'll be making The Tale of Honora in a TV or a film series. And instead of exposing all these uh, hyper homosexual, unfuckable females and nerds like bitch tits, Billy Gates and Klaus Schwab uh, and their gynocentric new world order, we'll be actually making awesome Renaissance art again and doing what we set out to do, which is to, you know, that never ending pursuit of uh, having fun and playing and inspiring and making content that makes people think about life and appreciate life and just all the good things that are here when you don't have to worry about uh, people scheming against you. And, you know, I think a lot of us grew up in a, in a nation that had so much abundance. We didn't appreciate that during good times, how much was being uh, schemed against us, you know, and, you know, a lot of this community or this space, uh, the people who are, have real value in it actually were in the real world and got exposed to the cult and then either defected, withdrew, did something, you know, like they were around the halls of power and then they stepped back, sacrificed their career to try to wake their countrymen up because they're, the value of their culture and their country is more important than going along with a, a, a collective hive mind to, that's hell bent on enslaving the world in a one world system which is going to be communism but ultimately satanism and so for me i've always approached this um i am very good at identifying hexes and so like i know when i touch a con touch on some sort of subject matter and i get uh like almost like a demonic reaction from it it's the hex preserving itself uh I know I'm onto it. It's like that saying, uh, you take the most flack when you're right over the target. And so I've done this uh, to the majority of my work. Like I started off in fantasy novels because what we talk about in spirit world and stuff, that's all encoded in it. But the country started like spiraling faster. Like it, it just got to a point where it's like, I can no longer put this shit in allegory. I actually have to be overt about what I'm saying at some point and just tell, spell it out for people, which is even more frustrating because most people aren't learned enough to get what I'm saying anyways, because we have a culture that's been degraded by um, like a Bolshevik education system, essentially. It's just teaches you how to be a slave, a worker, a factory person. And those factories and that type of um, environment that made America a powerhouse is no longer here. They outsourced all that. So now we have a situation where you need to be an entrepreneurial person more than ever. And most people aren't equipped with that mindset because they're still trying to follow paths that a social order lied to them about in order to, you know, like I think, well, if I just go to college and I just take out all this obscene debt, I'll get this job and then I'll be able to afford a family and a beautiful wife and children and the home and the picket fence. But those dreams are gone now. You know, you're never going to get where you are, where you want to be and achieve the best version of yourself if you're an employee. And a lot of people are starting to wake up and you see how men are withdrawing from institutions like college, like overwhelming like the amount of women who are getting college degrees now are far outweighing the amount of men. 
and men are just kind of like you know they're not inspired by anything because this culture is basically taking the feminine the the thing that makes the female uh valuable to a man they're taking that away and flipping it on its head and then women are wondering why like men are so uninspired well it's like men will fucking build an empire to get women like men that is like one of the driving forces behind us whether people want to acknowledge it or not we have 12 to 17 times more testosterone than women and so women can't appreciate what that what that uh does to a person unless a woman's on like testosterone or steroids or whatever like she's a bodybuilder or something then she's like holy shit how do you guys deal with being horny this much all the time it's like because we're wired to be opportunist breeders that's how just like you're wired to select a man based on how he can produce resources, protect you, is capable of like um, being both a good, you know, parental investment, but also, you know, a good, um, someone capable of violence and, and, and status and, you know, getting things done in your community or in your tribe. Just the way women are programmed to do that by nature, we're programmed to be opportunistic breeders because we are the disposable race. You know, it's expected for men to go off and die at war or the disposable side of our race, whatever you want to call it. Like it's expected for us to be the last one off, to let the women and children off for, you know what I mean? And what we have now is a situation where we're still expected to have all these responsibilities from an old way of thinking, but we get none of the authority with that. Whereas at least in the past, we had the authority that came with those responsibilities. And so now um, the big, you know, like all of my work is always about identifying problems and offering solutions for people to solve those problems. And uh, one of the things that I've looked into that I've noticed is especially like in our community or in the people that gravitate towards this type of work is most of them are out of shape. They have no physique. And they're literally little more than a defective female with a shriveled dick between their legs, right? And so when I got into this space, the, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, what it is now. It wasn't like a trendy thing. It was like people were getting in there and you, it had this feeling like people were risking their lives to share information. And like now it's like, it's like a trendy thing. It's like, I'm going to go into this community because there's a, like, it's a niche, like there's like demand for this. So I'm going to give these people what they want. You know, it's like, you always see like, you see women do this all the time. Like they'll come in, they're, they're like wearing half next to nothing. Cause that's their agency, right? Their only agency is sexual agency. And so they're wearing skimpy outfits and like, see, I'm a truther. And they'll post something that's like circa like 2008. Right. But all the guys are like simping over it and retweeting and like, Oh, she's so woke, you know, and all this fucking shit. And it's just like, it's now like a fucking uh, popularity contest. And that's why I've never done a podcast or, you know, gotten into this space because I don't want to be associated with it. I'm not, I wouldn't get along with like 99% of the people in the truth community because they're just not masculine. And um, what I've noticed is it's not even half of their fault. It is their fault, but there is a lot of social engineering and there's a lot of fucked up beliefs that people have that if you can get rid of your beliefs about the way you think things work and the way you were programmed or lie, they'd lie to you to, to, to teach you how things work, if you can get past that, 
and now I need to adjust my mindset so I can continue to focus on being the best version of myself and provide value. If I'm going to do in some, be put out work or whatever, if I'm going to do something with my life, I need to make an impact, whatever that is. And that's when you got to start focusing on your likes, your skill sets, learn skill sets, um, and see how you can monetize something you're passionate about. Because when you're passionate about something, that's what's going to allow you to do it for as long as you need to do it. Like, I mean, I published the first Spirit World in 2017, but to get that amount of work, I'd been working for like five years to a decade before that. And when you write a book, you're free. So I've literally worked for free for 15 years. And if it, and you know, like my books, you know, they pay some bills, don't get me wrong. It's like, it's nothing to write home about. But then when Crow gets wind of me, Crow also has 10 years of, um, credibility so when he tells people to read my books they listen to him right but before that people had access to me do you think they supported me no they love my content they love my internet stuff they they followed me i had like a decent account on twitter that had over like seventy thousand people at one point but they're that followers subscribers likes retweets none of that shit translates to sales what translates to sales is someone with credibility that people respect saying you need to read this book and Crow did that for me. And since then, like I'm able, I was able to write this book in the past year, which is get mad or get realistic that just came out on January 9th. And I've, I'm like 180 pages into the fourth spirit world book. And so because of that Crow, Crow gave me an opportunity, you know, I gave him good shows. Don't get me wrong, but his credibility is what made people start reading my book. And that gave, but that bought me like an extra year. And then, you know, so what I did is I left the big city that I was in where it was, I was expensive rent and now I cut my rent in half. So I just have a very minimalist lifestyle, but it's like, I now have the ability to keep doing what I'm doing at least for like an, a little bit longer. I don't know what's going to happen. At some point I'm going to have to reevaluate it. But right now I'm just like a horse with the blinders. It's like, fuck, I got to get this out before I die. But that's what you need to do. You need to find something that you're, you are willing to like, sacrifice all kinds of shit for because you're like it, it's work that needs to be done i'm uniquely gifted to do this work and the more unique you are and the more um exceptional you are at the skill set you choose in life the more valuable you are and the more people are likely to um take advantage of your services versus somebody that you would be competing against and i'm not talking about just like me or like right just like any industry you know what i'm saying so that that's what i'm i'm here to help people show give people a guide how you can turn your life around in six months yeah man and well that's, that's what i did yeah, yeah well, let's yeah let's dive into it a little bit because you know there's so much that you just said there but what i love what you were saying about like you gave crow good shows and he gave you the 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 space to be able for people to, to find you like me right um and now we're kind of doing this like there but but it's it's a give and take right and like that's kind of what you're what you're kind of talking about here and I'd, I'd really love to maybe dive into like why there's a lot of men's books out there right so why did you feel called the right one and why is it why why is your perspective on it so intriguing with what you've previously written about and what you might be able to help people with because you know, your story is pretty interesting too. And I wonder if, yeah, maybe you can dive into like, why, why did you feel called to write this? And why would it be different than any other one that's out that, you know, out there at the moment? Because, because I zeroed out myself. And so um, a lot of 
self-help books and all that stuff, they're good, but they're, they're not catered for like people like us. They're like, it's almost like, like very rarely do I read a book that is going to be as raw. Like for me, like this book I'll give. So one of the things, it's not a book on how to like become rich or anything like that, because business is not my forte. Every time I've tried to do business, something has happened and I didn't, and this is what I talk about. I, I didn't have the mindset to succeed in spite of what happened. Like I was a realtor. I was working around like the number one, I shared offices with like the number one realtors in Los Angeles, right? They were out of West Hollywood at the time. Um, and so I had access to people who have reality shows because they're so fucking famous. I mean, I see celebrities in the elevator, uh, David Beckham's management offices in the same building. It was like, I was around the best of the best. And so I got to learn from the best of the best. And I was also in financial services being trained by people like, so like when I say realtors, I'm talking about like Frank Bruno, Brian Miyamoto, um, uh, oh, I forgot that other guy. His name is, I think it's Ezra Cohen. I can't remember his last, uh, his last name. He's from Iran. They all had reality shows. They're all like top agents, top earners. And then in the financial services, I'm also around all these studs. Uh, you know, like one of my mentors was the former uh, CFO of General Electric. Uh, I got used to get trained by Patrick Bet David, who had, he runs uh, Valuetainment regularly. These people, I got, I got to be around the most, some of the most successful um, people in the world, and I was able to learn from them. But they had a mindset in business that most people will never get to. And you want to talk mental toughness? You, most people have not seen mental toughness till you're around a really successful person. And so I have that mental toughness. I just don't have it for business. I have it for art. I have it for like, I mean, for look at what I, I've been able to write. It's like every year is something else is happening in my life to like beat me down. And I'm like on the ground getting my, I'm like that guy who's in the fight getting his ass whooped, but like for some reason, nothing's been broken yet and I'm not knocked out. So I'm like still like getting in like a jab when I can, you know, like <laughs> that's me in life. And so I know what those qualities are like. I know which I don't have in certain uh, businesses, but then I do have it for other skill sets. And I'm able to share people with people my experience. And all of it starts with taking 100% responsibility with yourself. Nothing's happening to you. So like when the crash of 2008 happened, I lost my sphere. Of, like I didn't have the sphere of influence to, to sustain that because of all the fees, right? When times are tough, everything kind of constricts. The people who already have stuff going, they've got a business model that's anti-fragile. They're going to make money whether the market skyrockets or whether the market crushes, like gets crushed. They are anti-fragile. So I have a whole chapter on anti-fragility and how you make yourself anti-fragile. And um, I have a whole chapter on mindset. I have a whole chapter on um, the best solution that anybody's gonna do if you wanna change your situation is you gotta get a good physique because we're shallow. It's not that we're shallow, but human beings are, we're attracted to beauty. So the better you look, if, if you wanna get in with the elite, you're already at a disadvantage because you're not in their families. So they look at you as inferior. The only way you get in outside of that is when you either A, build some really amazing business and show them that you're worthy of that, or B, you're so fucking attractive that they're, they're jealous. Like all their money in the world won't 
won't ever buy how good looking you are. And that's the other, that's like why, that's why they gravitate towards all these young people and the stars and stuff. And then they try to bring them into the fold to serve their agendas. Um, because nobody would look at them and say, yeah, Klaus Schwab looks like a trustworthy guy. You know what I mean? Like, no, you need someone good looking. And right now it's getting played out because everybody's kind of like seeing how pathetic Hollywood's become, but in the eighties and nineties and shit, when times are good, all those celebrities were all being used to cultivate this gynocentric world order that lies to men and, and basically destroys masculinity. And it ties in with a lot of the work that Crow was doing and Jason was doing where everything starts in the sixties, not everything, but like you see how there's like this takeover from Tavistock and with the manufacturing of the Beatles and the sexual revolution and the introduction of birth control in 1965 and birth control cannot be filtered. The hormones from that can't be filtered from the, the, the treated sewage or whatever, the urine. So that water is going to end up back in the water tables and it's going to end up in the tap water. So now you have these people drinking tap water that not only has fluoride in it, but the hormones from the birth control. So if you're not using reverse osmosis and getting rid of all this shit, a lot of you are drinking that and you're getting estrogenics and all this stuff and hand soap and fucking soy, flax seeds, you name it. There's all the colored dyes, red, whatever, any type of dyes in your drinks and stuff. It's all contributing to your um, demasculation. And so you have, we live in a society right now that the men have not only been taught to behave like defective women, they've also had a physical component to the social engineering that's feminized them and not only that america has the highest rate of single mothers in the world you're looking at 23 percent of women are single mothers and single mothers cannot raise men it's it's all the stats prove that a single father does a much better job raising an individual than a single mother does but because of the way everything is and the way social media is dating has now become brand management and women who seek attention get unlimited attention from social media. So they get their, they're, they're spoiled for choice, whether it's on dating apps or whatever, they got all these desperate men simping after them and trying to get with them. Right. And then it's the exact opposite for men. You as a man are pretty much not attract, 90% of men are both physically and economically unattractive to women, to 90% of women. So what you have is a very small group of men doing all the breeding and getting all the women because they got their shit dialed in. But this is also seen in the reproductive rates um, in America where you're looking at for every one guy that produces, reproduces children, five women reproduce. So even if the, you look at those stats, you're looking at only 20% of men getting 80% of the women. And that's a real fucking problem especially with like birth rates declining and stuff so right now most men are unfuckable uh, unattractive disgusting sloppy whiny complaining little bitches who aren't going to get what they want in life unless they turn it around and i can help you do that you get you read that book get mad or get realistic you give that work six months of your life of actually doing the work and uh, you're going to transform your physique, but then you're going to transform your mind and learn to identify red flags and stop wasting your resources and time pursuing women or trying to get laid when you need to be working on yourself. Because once you start upgrading yourself, the women will be attracted to you anyway. Right. And one of the things that you and I have because of like 
being in the performance industry and stuff and just, you know, the nature of uh, how life is played out. We're good at getting women because it, we're, we're sociable and we're not afraid of rejection. Most men are fucking scared of rejection. So they'll never do anything because they're worried about what people think of them. And they're afraid of punishment. So they won't behave in certain ways because they're afraid of being ostracized or being punished for their behavior. And what they've, where this is common theme where it's like, oh, you need to be vulnerable. You need to, women like nice guys and all. No, they fucking don't. They're lying to you. The only time a woman wants a guy to be vulnerable is, is if he's already an alpha male fucking badass. And then she's just like, can you just like once like cry, like, you know, just show me something that's like a weakness. But if you're not an alpha male badass and you cry and like, you know, be vulnerable in front of a woman, you got about a week or a month till she's fucking monkey branching. Women don't want to see that shit. They don't care about your problems. They don't care about your struggle. They just, if they can, wait for you to become the man that they want. And then they pick from that. They don't, they don't actually want to stay with you during your struggle. Now, if you find a girl like that, that is like, she, she has passed the test. If you find a girl that is like your ride or die, even when you're at like the rock bottom, then that's a good woman. And that's, you know, but once you get successful, there's a lot of guys who can't get women. So what did they do? They focused their energy on becoming successful. Now they're fucking millionaires and they've got all this resources and this like high value, but they're not attractive and they don't have the game. So they're going to get ruined anyways, because there's a lot of beautiful women who are predators and they are going to fucking fleece you. So it's not just about getting physically fit and, and looking good. It's about getting your mind right. It's about knowing reality, being real, realistic with the way people work, the way nature works, and not deluding yourself with this hokey pokey, like, uh, you know, soulmate myth. And there's, there's the one, I know the one, just remember when you look up at night at the sky, your soulmate is looking at the same sky and you guys just can't wait to find each other, but it's only going to happen when the time's right. You know, like, dude, that is the type of shit that's going to zero you out. And there's nothing worse than when a guy gets his heart broken and then he becomes unproductive and then he loses his financial status and he loses, or even worse, he gets involved with an unconscionable contract because he's like, I want to lock that pussy down. And then all of a sudden she divorces him, takes half of everything. And now he's got to pay her alimony and child support for God knows how long, some places forever, you know? So people lose everything they work for because they don't have their mind right and how to protect themselves. And all that comes from being realistic knowing how the world works, knowing how divorce court works, how family law works, knowing how um, just how subtext works, you know, because a lot of times people say one thing, but they actually mean something else. And you need to be able to pick up on that. And you also need to, need to be able to judge people by their behavior, not what they say, because people can keep a persona for years, right? But a lot of guys are so desperate for like, they think if they get married, they're going to have unlimited access to free, easy sex. And it's like a lot of times that if you look at the contract, that's not in the contract, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. these guys get burned. They, they rush into marriage because they're scared of like, I got to put a ring, you know, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Get the fuck out of here. When guy, when a guy has options and he's top shelf and a woman behaves like that, see ya, go enjoy the rabble of the dying Roman empire because 
I'm the prize here. And you, it doesn't take very much to be the prize. When you look at statistics, the average man is so far below what the average woman's standards are because they have been diluted by social media and they think that there's more top earning, good looking, uh, fit guys to choose from than there is. And those that do exist are not wasting their time with all these delusional women. So they're going after younger, hotter, tighter women who don't have tattoos, who don't have piercings, who don't have daddy issues, who don't have every other red flags, who don't have multiple children with different men by the time they're 30, you know, and people need to be realistic or not. You can keep destroying yourself. But for me, I see a value where it's like, this is what it is. I have a unique gift and a unique experience and I've done the work myself and laid out the blueprint of what I did in this book. So the handful of guys out there who can turn it around, you read, get mad realistic, you implement that, then you're going to be up and fucking winning despite everything else collapsing. And that's what I want to do. I want to protect the guys that are like us that know they can be better. And they're just like, I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm lost. I've been, I've been distracted by work. I've been distracted by all my issues and I don't know where to even begin. That's what, get mad or get realistic is for it's not for people who are already fucking successful and jacked and all that it's for people who like just in that middle ground they're not fucking losers they know they can be better they're not cashed out they're not fat they're not you know they're not already totally lost like they're not wearing masks you know so if you wear a mask as a guy and you rolled up your sleeve stay away from get mad or get realistic i don't want your money i don't even want you having access this is not mainstream stuff this is just for our guys you know Let's get our guys and let's 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 help our guys start fucking winning because the more of our guys are start winning, the more they're going to help us win. And that's what I like. And that's what yeah, I want to be a part of. And that's what I that's who I want to help. Yeah, man. And that's that's what I find fascinating about your work, too. And then when I started following your story, I was like, this is this is really interesting, man, because you, you demolish a lot of different um, <laughs> a lot of different thought forms in a lot of your work. And it's like you know, this is, this is the issue that I had, man. It was like, I started paying attention to people like Crow, people like Owen Benjamin and all these kind of people. Right. And I was like, man, these guys are seeing what I'm seeing at least. But then some of those people, all you see is the people that you were talking about that are just complaining. They're usually schlubby and all these kind of things. And all they do is get mad at the world and instead of contend with it. And then when I was, when I was seeing your work and then you even demolished some of the true, the stuff inside the truther movement too. And you're like, Holy fuck, man. Like what the, what, like, where do you go? Like what, what sort of direction do you go in? And um, going off of your background, that's what I kind of want to hit on in terms of like, you were talking about like people who, who like are destroying themselves with their bad habits and stuff like that. And seeing just a picture of you from a year ago or even like six months or whatever it was, is totally different. You so I want to share it if you want. Yeah. It's uh, I look, I literally look like Christian Bale in the fucking machinist <laughs> yeah yeah so so can you maybe like lay emaciated. down like, yeah man could you like maybe lay down what you were doing then and how you were kind of i guess being sold up the river on some of these things and then like what was your bottom to go i need to fucking fix this and then charting out that course um my bottom was uh about a year and a half of sleepless nights and um so I zeroed out in a different way. So like even me at my worst, I was always able to get women. Um, I just, I'm a charismatic, like the, the tactic I usually am is like the cocky, funny guy. So like when I talk to it, like I, I've literally like, I, I've literally gone, I've been eating a fucking Popeye's fried chicken at two in the morning and gone up to a woman and been like, 
I know you want me so bad. I could see the way you were looking at me. And just joking, just like literally just entertaining my friends. And the girl actually think I'm serious. And she was like, you can see that. And I was like, hell yeah. And like, there's like that split moment where she's like, oh my God, I was right. And then so I'm like, yeah, I can see it. And then she just starts grabbing me, makes out with me while I have a fucking Popeye's drumstick in my hand, right? You can be a sloppy dude. Like if you're good looking, charismatic and confident and masculine, women will, their biology can't help itself because you're literally piercing all of their hypergamous defense mechanisms. And so for me, I have that gift of helping guys um, not be afraid of rejection and coming out and just like, once you can like get over yourself and just already just like, not like, for me, it's like, there's a, once you've been humiliated enough times, you get comfortable being humiliated and you can't be humiliated anymore. And so because of, I have those skill sets, I help people with like, with that. And um, for me, I zeroed out for a different reason. Like a lot of guys zero out because they're not even trying. So like, that's the real failure when you're so scared and so crippled that you don't actually try. I zeroed out in a different way. So despite all the work that I have done, exposing all these other religious beliefs, I still had some religious beliefs, especially because when the timing, um, when you look at like the synchronicities and all that stuff, it does feel like it's God doing things for you. So for me, um, I had somebody who I'm still pretty cool with. He bought this girl, like a, a book of my, one of my books. And she had like slid into my DMS on, uh, social media. And at the time I was not taking followers. Cause I just, I just, I, been getting death threats and everything else and the, all this other shit. And I'm just like, I'm fucking done with this. If you don't have mutuals, I don't want you on my private or whatever social medias. But I saw she had a bunch of mutual friends. So I originally declined her, but then I felt bad. And I was like, Hey, I just want to make sure, you know, you know, you know, it wasn't like personal. Uh, I just, I don't accept followers that I don't know. And she's like, Oh no, it's not, it's all good. It's uh. I read your book. I thought it was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And this is back in the day. Like, you know, when, when you're at kind of like a low end of the spectrum of where you should be, when people support you, it means more than when you're already getting support and then people start sliding into your DMs. So like when you're like a nobody and, and like at the bottom and there's this girl that, you know, so we started becoming friends or whatever. And just the way everything happened, was so it really felt like God was doing the work. And for me, I've been with a lot of women, but I've never had like when you have a girl that's with you at your low point, that is like feels like you know, your ride or die, and she's she's actually with you for you. That is such a rare thing to find that if you get that, that that usually means something. But for me, I thought it was like my soulmate, you know. And I thought, you know, oh, we're best friends, we were so similar in so many things. She's like a female version of me, yada yada yada. And so I had all these religious beliefs to cut a long story short that it, it made me ignore red flags because I believed she was part of my purpose, right? Being with her is part of my purpose. We were meant for each other, if you will. And that wasn't true. But when you believe stuff like that, it makes you overlook all the red flags that a, a normal man who's in his right frame of mind 
who has options says that's that's such a red flag you're cool but next i've got way better options for me i didn't have way better options because you know when you live in los angeles you're competing with really obscene amounts of wealth and obscene amounts of good-looking people so unless you're really dialed in you're going to be at the bottom of the ladder uh, if you're if you're a man, because in order to get access to those the, the elite women, you need to be able to afford to get into the elite places and spend the kind of money to get access to them. And so I didn't have that. So when you have someone that comes into your life like that, and it everything feels like it's like almost like God, like bypassing all the bullshit of life and saying, "Don't worry, you're never gonna have to worry about this. Here's your partner. You're gonna be good for life." That's what it felt like. And then it puts you in this euphoric feeling where now you're able to get back on your purpose. You're not even thinking about your reproductive problems. You're just like, I've got that taken care of it. Now I just need to keep focusing on my work and you wake up and you're happy every day. And like the world could, anything could go wrong in your life, but you're happy and you're like, ah, it's okay. Water off the duck's back. I'm with, I got the best chick at home and it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm working towards a life that's going to be amazing and nothing bothers you. That's why like you see like people who are really bitter online and stuff like that. That's a good, in, that's a good red flag for you to realize they're just a broke failure. They're not doing anything value because people who have shit going on, they're not wasting their time arguing in comment sections with people they don't, they don't know, you know? So anyways, when it fell apart, it was like, how could this have happened? And the pain that had like the, However, whatever you want to call dealing with that was so difficult and it just caught you know and those those pictures you saw when I looked like emaciated well at the time I was working like 12 to 15 hour days because I was working two jobs to save up money so that when we moved like we could get a place to move into together and start like you know what I mean I'm like literally working towards that sacrificing everything and right by doing that I've lost my own frame because if you are a uh, achieving the best version of yourself, you wouldn't have to save up for a place with the woman. You wouldn't have to do anything. You need to have something going on to invite her into your world. And I didn't have that. So it goes back to when you, when in hindsight, when you can look at everything, you just realize, oh no, it, it, it played out the exact way it was, it was going to play it out based on the circumstances. And if you can't change your status and your position in life as a man, you're going to lose everything. So that's why it's important not to focus on the women until you've gotten, you've developed an actual good environment to invite them into that they want to be a part of and that you can, if you wanted to, you could take care of them. I'm not saying you ought to, I'm just saying you need to have that because the average woman in order for you to be economically attractive to her, you need to be making about 58% more in wealth. And that's getting increasingly difficult to do because women are getting paid as much as guys if for the same jobs or more. And especially in like high ticket sales, women clean house because the people buying high ticket things are men. So the yeah. people who sell it want hot fucking chicks selling it to them because that's like, they. it's almost like the simpiness. They take advantage of that simp behavior. like. Ooh, maybe if I buy this yacht from her, she's going to want to fuck me. You know what I mean? It's like, she's still not going to fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> sorry, but that's the way people think. That's the, if you understand how men and women are wired, you can exploit them. And that's what the elite, elite does to us. So get mad or get realistic is, uh, it's like almost like a way to help you recognize 
what your own weaknesses are and what you can be exploited as and try to make yourself unhexable, un unexploitable, where you can just say, okay, I know I work this way, so I know I've got to re remove myself from this situation or whatever, you know? And, and that's how they've done it with guys. They gave everybody un unlimited access to porn and shit. And so now guys are just fucking wasting their time jerking off the porn and they've given women unlimited access to attention, which is what they really seek. So now they're wasting their time on social media, TikTok, all this other garbage. And what it does is it basically causes this schism. And um, we've got a lot of work to do, but I don't think we can save it. I think as long as the internet's here, there's gonna be a global sexual marketplace or a worldwide, whatever term you're comfortable with. And women are gonna be delusional as ever, if not more delusional, in their expectations and you as a man need to recognize that and not get upset with it just be like this is what i have to do to make sure i'm in that top 10 percent that's getting the women and uh many people are capable of that but few actually do it because they don't want to do the work so yeah that's that's kind of my story i zeroed out in the soulmate myth and that's what i had to rework yeah and i wanted to uncover that because i find that a lot of because i find sort of a lot of um a lot of writers, right, that, that, that do the work that you do, I find at least sometimes it's almost like they're trying, this is the information that I have, here's the best way that I can distill that. And here's how I can present that to someone who I wish was able to explain this to me. And it's, it's almost like I'm because some people, some people hear people such as yourself, and they're very like, they think you're very abrasive and very arrogant and all that kind of stuff, right. And yeah. it's like, but, but, but I am, I am arrogant and it's not my, it's, and I'm not going to lower myself to make some uh, sloppy sheep comfortable. That's not what a lion can do, you know? And right. And I'm, I you feel don't like, need to be ashamed of being a lion. If yeah, you're a lion, you're a fucking lion. Exactly. And what I'm trying to say too is like, you, what you were that sloppy sheep and you are who you are today. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I find. Like so many people are, are, are kind of seeing this and they're going like, oh, is this guy just like kind of calling me out? It's like, from, from what I can tell, sometimes uh, this is my, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes like these words are almost like, I wish I was being told this when I was deluding myself in this way. Well, that's what we're lacking. We're lacking. So many people are lacking fathers. Like how many people have a father that told them how women really work and how they really need to navigate regarding uh, intersexual dynamics you know a lot of people don't have that big brother or that father figure that can call them out on their bullshit and that's why we get into these sloppy sunken states because everybody is too nice everybody's too comfortable whereas before the internet I mean, I can remember before, I'm, before I, I made it to adulthood, like never knowing what people's political views were, like it, none of that shit used to matter. And now everybody's got like this like whiny feminine, like if you don't agree with every aspect of what I agree with, you're an enemy of America. And it's like, well, that's not really how this country works, you know, whereas when we were growing up, or at least for me anyways, um, people would get in arguments all the time and it was fine because it was like a legitimate argument. You worked it out and then you either saw the same things or you didn't and you just left it at that. And, but you were, you'd still be friends. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you don't, you don't support this political ideal. So you're fuck you. You're not, you know, you're not my friend anymore. And now it's gotten like that. And it's, it's very bizarre, but going back to what you're saying, I was never a sheep. 
just imagine me a so of uh, the lion that was being fucking like stuffed down into the mud by like crazy you know mobs but life just had i just caught a lot of bad breaks nothing like too bad but like timing wise i was like i have like the worst timing in the world so like every time i've got something going something out of unforeseen happens but it's my fault that i couldn't step it into the next gear of mental capacity to deal with those situations where it's like i because of my religious spiritual bullshit that i had i would i would almost take it as oh it's meant to be that i'm not supposed to be in this do i'm not supposed to do this because if i was meant to do this this bad thing wouldn't have happened right which is just bullshit you the world is not comfortable you're never gonna this this uh nice weather you know fields of flowers and you know perfect climate that's not life life is more downside in volatility and challenges than it is good side and like comfort and like bliss right so you as a man need to get comfortable being uncomfortable and comfortable with bad shit happening and you need to be indifferent so it's just water off a duck's back and like, yeah whatever this person's suing me i'm i'm late on these payments i don't give a shit i'm just gonna keep fucking pressing forward and finding ways to succeed in spite of all the drama you know this woman's treating like shit a lot of times people are just uh, afraid to say next and so get them out of there get them out of your fucking life if somebody's not producing uh value to you why do you keep them around the more people you interact with that are uh low quality like no there is no quality person but who have allowed themselves to become such an inferior quality um you're gonna that's gonna rub off on you if you tolerate it so you need to make sure you're associating with people um that are better than you in 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 like those regards not at like a physical like better in terms of they are better at they've done something more than you have that you want to learn from you know that right be your mentor and give you that hard truth like you're not successful because you're a fucking pussy that needs to catch monday night football <laughs> you think a successful right. person is sitting there going well i, I gotta stop my business so i can watch a bunch of grown men i don't know play a kid's game and wear some dude's name on my back that i don't even know you think a woman is looking at a guy like that and going, oh my God, it's so hot that he's wearing some kid's name on his jersey that he doesn't know and he's getting all emotional at a TV. No, that's not fucking attractive to women, right? So this, these are the things that um, people who are successful, they'll be harsh. Like uh, Patrick Bet David, for, for one, you haven't, you don't even know what it's like to get chewed out by like a mentor or someone successful until you've been in a closed private coaching with that guy. You wanna see someone intense? You don't even know, right? A lot of people who are successful in that you see in the media, you, that is not what they are like behind closed doors when business is on the line. And when they need winners, they need people to step up, you know? And that's the thing is this lack of fatherly figures, this lack of masculinity, this lack of testosterone, right? Like when you look at um, a study that came out uh, in 2021, men in their early 20s today have way less testosterone than men in their, uh, in 2001 compared to like, uh, so men today at 20, in their early 20s have less testosterone than, <coughs> excuse me, than 68 year old men had in 2001 
And that is a real problem because you're supposed to, you, you start losing your testosterone. I think at like 10, uh, sorry, at uh, 30, you start losing like 3% of your testosterone every year. Mm -hmm. So for you to already have, for you to be in your early twenties and have less than testosterone than a guy did back in 2000 in, uh, one when he was almost at the average age of life expectancy, that's a real fucking problem. And so this lack of masculinity has allowed nasty, disgusting, inauthentic feminist women, hyper homosexuals and nerds to run the show and to take over everything. And guys sacrificed it because they thought, well, if we agree with women and cater to their fucking bullshit, well, we're gonna get laid more. It's that, that simp behavior. Oh, well, yeah, birth control is great because then they're going to be able to like, they can now abort babies and stuff and like control the pregnancy. So they're going to be willing to fuck a dude that's a loser without any consequences, right? And that is it. As Rolo Tomasi says, abortion is the ultimate expression of hypergamy. And so we don't need to get mad at anything. We just need to get realistic and see the world for what it is and then be, act accordingly and stop doing things that are against our interests because we have a belief that we're supposed to do this. And you see this really in like religious people and traditional trad cons, right? Traditional conservatives. These people that are like, get married, you know, get married and have kids. And they're not telling you anything about intersexual dynamics and how that decision can ruin you if you don't do it right. Right. And a lot of guys are just going to go off and get married and have kids. And then 20 years later, you know, they got four kids, they've been married and the woman uh, serves them with divorce papers and turns out she's been planning it for years and she's going to take half his business and all this other crazy shit. And he's going to be ruined. Why? Because he didn't see the world the way it was. He believed the bullshit. He believed other people rather than his own experience. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people aren't going out in the real world and having experiences and then taking notes or journaling those experiences so they can chart their progress and see what works and what doesn't work. And um, it kind of just goes back to the tagline of Crow. Belief is the enemy of knowing. And I think people need to take that a little bit more serious than they do. They're just so used to hearing it that it's just like a catchy tagline but if you actually look at it that's what you need to do yeah and i think that we were speaking offline before we started here too about even this is the, this is the problem that i had right and i think we touched on this earlier as well was um once you start paying attention to people like crow people like owen people with this kind of movement that are like man the world is not as it seems and then everyone just falls in this pit of despair and it's like oh you just throw their hands up in the air and all that kind of stuff right and then I was like, I don't like, I don't attach myself to those kind of guys either. Like, this is like, this is nuts. Like these guys are just kind of like these gamma, like wimpy kind of dudes. I'm not like that. I'm a, I'm a, like a guy who understands his role and social dynamics and stuff like that. Like you said, being an actor as well. And just having like really, really, really solid, good buddies and good friends when I was growing up. So I understood all those dynamics too. Right. But then you hear about all this other stuff that these guys are talking about. And then they're just like these whiny guys, but then you look at it in the real world and you're like, okay, well, at least these guys are right about how crazy the world is. And everyone else is just kind of like you said, just watching sports yeah. and doing whatever. Right. So you're kind of like, where the hell do I fit in? Which is why I think this book mm -hmm. is important. And, and going off of your previous work with spirit world and tale, tales of Nora. And um, I was just curious, like, because we were talking about there's crazy stuff happening in Canada right now with the truckings in between uh, the, the U S and Canada. And, 
I knew this was coming for two years because listening to Crow and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I planned from the day one, I was like, Hey, I need to find community supported agriculture, like CSAs around me that like are local farms that can kind of deliver to me, or I can go and get them and go directly from the farmer to my household. Same thing with my meat, my produce, all that kind of stuff, get really good grass fed, grass finished stuff. Right. So I'm like already taking care of my health and becoming healthier that way, not yeah. drinking the tap water and the Kool-Aid. And it's like, do you still have these people that are complaining online? And it's like, dude, if you were, you were tapped into the zeitgeist of what was going on and this is all kind of BS, why haven't you done anything for two years to mitigate this problem, right? And it's just like, this is kind of the people that I think that you're speaking to is like the people in those communities that are still just like, guys, get off the hamster wheel of just complaining about BS and get on getting yourself into alignment and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, because we were talking about how schlubby people are and all that kind of stuff in this regard, how has going from the machinist to who you are today, how is working out playing a factor into what you're talking about today? Well, it changes your mindset. So when you get used to it, it plays into what I said about getting comfortable in discomfort. And so when you're lifting heavy weights, you have to challenge yourself and you have to exert a lot of energy. And sometimes you don't want to do it, but you got to show up and just do it. And one of the ways, like the mindsets that I that helped me was just being like, I'm, I'm here to accept my punishment. I'm here to accept my punishment for being betatized. And now I'm going to, you know, and I think that it goes back to what I was saying is like, people are afraid of punishment. So they don't live a certain life because they're worried that God's going to judge them. And they're going to be punished. Whereas like, I'm not worried about it. God's going to punish me. So what? If I deserve that punishment, I got to own it and take it. If that, if that's your belief set, that's it. like, I don't personally believe that you're going to get punished. But for me, if that is the process, it's like, okay, I'll accept it. It's my responsibility. And, you know, I did everything that I thought needed to be done. And if you disagree with my, that behavior, that's your choice. And if you want to punish me and you can punish me, then you punish me. And that mindset has helped me just like in very difficult environments, also with um, working out, certain things like um, you get you get used to keeping time while being extreme discomfort. Like especially if you're like doing something, let's say like you're doing like planks or something like that, right? And like you're like body shaking or whatever. And I think people who do yoga are probably good at this too. It's like you get comfortable being uncomfortable, but while still keeping that rhythm. And that's really hard to do. Or like, maybe like if you jumped in a cold lake or something, right. And your, your instinct is like panic and all that stuff. But like by being able to, there's lots of things you can do, but going to the gym for me is the easiest, most effective way without really disrupting too much of your life. And, um, yeah, going back to what you're saying about like the produce and like the grass fed and all that stuff. Well, the, the thing is like, you can't people like me were so far ahead of this curve that we were wrong like i thought this shit was going to be happening after the 2008 crash so i was like telling all my clients i'm getting out of the markets i'm putting everything to gold and silver like i'm done i can't help protect your wealth anymore because i don't know if that wealth is going to be there by the time you retire the way that because the system broke in 2008 nobody saw nobody had the foresight to think about them lowering interest rates to, to next to nothing and being able to do that for, you know, over a decade, nobody saw that, like, they were going to do quantitative easing so they could take out all this like bad, you know, bankrupt shit that's not producing anymore and switch it out with bank reserves. So it's like, 
there, we're in uncharted territory and there's no way to prepare for it other than just getting used to a lifestyle that is anti-fragile. So if you go to work tomorrow and your boss says, you know, we had to make some important decisions on who to cut and how to save financially. And unfortunately your position is the one that needs to go. Are you fucked if that happens? <laughs> yeah, For exactly. me, I'm not. I haven't answered to an employer or woken up from an alarm clock regularly. I woke up from an alarm clock today just to get in the shower before I came on. So I didn't look like a scrub, but I haven't woken up from an alarm clock regularly or answered to another man in over two years. That's like real fucking power. And I make way less. I went from a six figure position situation to now I'm like at the poverty line, but my lifestyle is so minimal that I can afford it. And I don't, I do whatever I want. And that is more valuable than working 15 fucking hour days just to get six figures when it's all going to be taxed and going into expensive rent and all that other bullshit anyways. And so that's the other things people need to get used to not keeping up with the Joneses. Like what can you cut out of your life? That's, um, you know, it's like that saying in fight club, the things you own end up owning you. Yeah. And that's, that's why, because you have to, then you're bound to keep, uh, sacrificing yourself to preserve what you've worked for and the, the expenses of that. But if you can find a way to do that, so um, nobody can fire you, you know, like I'm not totally anti-fragile. Like if, if Amazon were to go down tomorrow or be replaced or something, and it just doesn't produce books and it doesn't own those publishers, what would I do? Well, there's Ingram spark. There's a couple other, you know, there's things that I could go into. It wouldn't be the end of the world, but Amazon is where the money is. You know what I mean? Like nothing sells more than Amazon, right? I'm on almost every online bookstore you can be on and nothing even comes close to Amazon. That's where the search engines are. You know, people are going to Amazon for love it or hate it. People are going to YouTube, love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you going to do other than this is the, another thing I passed up on uh, is Bitcoin. And while I think cryptocurrency is the ultimate slave system, it's trash, it's the end of privacy, it's video game currency for fucking losers, and I don't think it has any value. And I think if you think it's, uh, if you think it's anonymous, you're a fucking idiot because you need a bank account to get into it in the first place. You think they can't trace that? You're crazy. That being said, I, I knew about Bitcoin in 2009. I knew when it was like nine cents. The reason I stayed away from it is because all of my friends back then who like had those like libertarian truth channels, they were getting approached by people to promote Bitcoin. And all those people without exception were connected to the NSA and the central intelligence agencies. So I knew it was bad from the get-go that way. And then I also knew some of the people I associated with Holly in Hollywood and those circles were involved with it. Once you start getting into that, you start getting into that cabal of uh, um, pedal files. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll get around uncle algorithm, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I knew about all this shit and I passed it up because of my scruples, my beliefs when I should have just said, yeah, this is, uh, this is a central intelligence agency trash to take the steam off of gold and silver. And I'm going to profit off of it. I know exactly what it is. I'm going to make a shitload of money. And had I just done that, I'd be in a totally different situation, but I didn't because I was like, people can't be this stupid. No, no, my, my countrymen cannot be this stupid. And every turn of my life, my countrymen have proven that not only are they that stupid, 
they're even stupider than you could possibly imagine them to be. And that's, you know, get mad or get realistic. That's the way it is. You can't sit here and wish the world worked differently. You've got to realize how it works and fucking act accordingly, you know? Yeah. And that's what, that's, what's great about your previous work too, to kind of lay that down. And that, that was one of my main questions. Like, you know, one of the things I want to say about working out too, is sort of, um, I recently got back into jujitsu and I used to box when I was younger and I want to kind of get back into those things. Right. Because, you know, you're talking about fight club and another great quote in there is how much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight, especially men, right? Like testing, testing yourself. And although we don't have the same, um, the same struggles that we had back in the day that we could truly become that and, you know, have those, uh, initiation rituals or becoming a man or you know what i mean like those kind of rituals anymore so we have to seek out those kind of things and working out's a great one for a lot of people things like martial arts that are like a controlled fight like i, I went in there the other day i was like man i don't really want to go here but uh i was like man like mm -hmm. i'm going to go in to a fight and it's controlled to a certain degree but if i get tapped out i can play the game in my head of like if i get tapped out then this could be the end of me right so you use that and like go into this fight and whatever right and, but you have that kind of safeguard that nothing's going to happen to you, but it's, it's the, it's the men who are not wanting to even enter that arena. That's the problem, right? It's like, I don't even want to fight. And I was wondering like, what, so like what you uncovered with spirit world, actually, no, let me ask this one first. Like how can you effectively manage that kind of mentality of that, like that ancestral lineage that runs through our blood into today's world using kind of what you're talking about here with your book? Well, I think that's part of, that's part of the struggle is our ancestral lineage had it a lot. Like our, all of our genetic code is designed to deal with harsher circumstances. And we've beaten the survival that our ancestors had to overcome. So now we create more complex problems that don't fucking matter, but they matter if you're trying to fit in with this sick disease decaying paradigm. And if you think about it, think of all the women and like men, but it's way more women, I think, just based on what I'm seeing where I live, that are on pills, they're on medications. Think of all the women who have almost every chick I, I come across, she's got like a thyroid problem, you know, and you look at like, uh, they're on medication for it. But then you look at like, um, Clive DeCarl and he's saying, yeah, it's a, it's an iodine deficiency. It's not, you know, it's not a problem. It's just, you're getting your, all of your vegetables and shit are nutrient deficient. And so how that translate, going back to the ancestral thing, what the real problem is we are struggling to, our biology is not ready for the technological advances we've made and how that changes human interaction. We're not ready for that. We don't, we don't change that quickly. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know um, what the solution to that is other than to just be aware of it and say, okay, I now know, like if a woman still has social media after she's with you, that's not your woman. So if you like, if you can't tell a woman, uh, I'm not, if you want me in your life, you're gonna have to get rid of your social media because I don't want guys sliding into your inbox. If people are saying, oh, that's, that's, he's misogynist. Well then go enjoy raising someone else's kids. Go enjoy uh, being a cuckold for your life. And uh, don't, th th this, this work isn't for you. This work for me is like helping guys not fucking destroy themselves 
because they bought into the bullshit that women fed them and to a lesser degree, uh, corrupt men as well. But it, it's, it's really, a, it's a feminine imperative that we're dealing with. Look at all the, look at all the people you see in the government and stuff and the health officials. And there's all these women, like these women in New Zealand, that, that horse looking woman, uh, women at the IMF, women at all these like prestigious positions. And this is where the cancel culture comes from, women and gay men. And they're constantly projecting what they are onto us. Like when I was in Hollywood, I didn't see one alpha male, not one heterosexual, Caucasian alpha male in any position of power. It's all nerds, uh, Jews, women, and gays. And they're always blaming everything on men because it goes back to like, um, if you're a ruler and you want to maintain power, the one thing you can't have is an ungovernable alpha male going against you. Right. And if there's too many of them, they're ungovernable and they're, they're going to just fuck you up. And so as a ruler, it's in your best interest to find a way to eliminate that. And if it's not done overtly, then you've got to find a way to do it covertly. And I think that's what we're on the receiving end right now. And I think as we bring awareness to that, it's kind of like, in order to unhex yourself, you need to be aware of the hex. And at some point, there is going to be a collective, like, I'm hoping it doesn't get too bad, but I'm okay with it at this point. But men are just going to, there is still enough alpha maleness out there that at some point, they're just going to be like, shut the fuck up. We're done with you. Just get the fuck out of here. We're done. Because the thing is, this is another biological thing that people don't want to address. Women behave differently at different parts of their cycle. So why would you want an emotional person who's already default reaction to everything is emotionalism. That's the new world order religion. It's just emotionalism. It's not logic. It's not rationale. It's just this feels right. And you need to wear three masks and you need to get a booster every six months or you're not vaccinated and all this other garbage. And it's just fucking, it's just women making this shit up as they go along. That's why it's mostly women wearing the mask and mostly fucking pussies wearing the mask. Gay dudes and like nerdy little guys. Like, may, may I ask you, uh, did, did you get vaccinated? Uh, uh. And they're just like these little fucking scared bitches who are afraid of the air. And it's all imaginary. And that is not masculinity. That is fucking feminine, imbalanced, defective, whatever the fuck it is. At this point, I'm thinking it's like demon infestation, but it's not masculinity. So you're going to allow your country or any business to be run by somebody who has been scientifically or not scientifically, I should say, um, through biological studies, we'll put it that way, because it's not actual science. But through biological studies, they have observed that women make wicked reckless decisions during their uh, follicular stage of their cycle. So leading up to ovulation, they are more likely to spend money recklessly and they're more likely to fuck reckless, like dudes they don't know and all this other shit, right? That's how they're going to become a single mom. Right guy, right place, right, uh, you know, he had the right thing that she was looking for and her biology needed it. She wanted that alpha seed. And now after that, she's like, oh my God, Denise, I don't know what came over me. I just like, he was just like one minute hitting on me in the bar and the next minute we were in the bathroom and he's fucking the hell out of me. And no, by the way, now she's pregnant. And now that kid's going to grow up without a father or some fucking loser who settled for that woman because he can't get better. 
you know, and that's the thing is it's, it's a really sensitive topic and it offends everybody. And that's why I know it's the thing that needs to be addressed because if you are a man and you haven't ruined your life yet, you are the fucking prize. And don't let any of these dumb hoes tell you otherwise, because if you're a man that is six feet or over, that makes $80,000 a year or more, that isn't married, that isn't obese, you are in a category of less than 1% of the male population in America. That's how fucking rare you are. So don't listen to all these fucking people say, oh, well, you need to be this way. You need to be more uh, compassionate. You need to be more, less shallow. You need to be, you know, more sacrifice, sacrifice yourself for us. No, 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 no. They're a dime a dozen. You now have your pick. You can have a harem if you want. And a lot of guys don't realize that because they're like lions who have listened to the fucking sheep tell them why their behavior is so wrong and all that stuff and now the line's like oh i've got to try to fit into the sheep so nobody gets upset it's not going to work man eventually you're going to come out of it it's just how bad are you going to fuck your life up before you come out of it and i would rather people not fuck their lives up and come out of it so they don't have to go through what i went through of losing sleep of becoming unproductive of being at work and being absolutely depressed and miserable and thinking about all this other shit and then knowing, you know, it's, it's bad. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go through that process. So the way you don't go through that process is by having options. So if one girl leaves you, there's like a ton left. If you want to be monogamous, you never, you know, if you don't want to be monogamous, you're going to be able to spin plates all you want and um, just, you know, have your pick of the, the litter, if you will. Yeah. And I think uh, if anyone's listening to this, that's over six feet and is making that amount of money. Uh, you know uh, what you need to do to uh, get yourself in a position where women are going to be kind of throwing themselves at you. But I was curious um, with actually a, a kind of a, an interesting, well, I, but first I'd like to say this. I think that what you're talking about is absolutely true. And I think that some of the mechanisms of which you're talking about earlier about the Tavistock Institute and some of the, the people who kind of run a lot of the major kind of uh, things that are happening in the world. Um, a lot of this is pushed in a way that people who are easily manipulated can just fit the system and feed that system um, so that they don't even have to kind of push it after a certain amount of time. It's just what people do. And I think that that's kind of what you're talking about too. It's like, it's set up in a certain way because it, it benefits X amount of people and really screws over a certain amount of people. And then after a certain amount of time, it just kind of perpetuates itself. Um, but then I was curious, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here with uh, this question because you don't have time to yeah, kind of think fine. about it, but I'm curious is, um, so there's, so kind of talking about this, right? You've been talking a lot about uh, like lions and sheep. I don't know if you know. Um, oh yeah. If you know. What, so the old me would have been like, this is synchronistic, Rob. This yeah. conversation was destined to happen. Oh my God, this is God bringing us together. The old me would have thought like that. The new right. me doesn't think like that. The guy likes that shirt and that's, he's wearing that shirt. Yeah. Well, well, so, so Sean Whalen is a guy that I've been looking up to a lot recently because he's calling people out and he's just one of those guys that he's the same thing. He's like, do you know what the best thing you can possibly do is get filthy fucking rich? Why? Because there's no nobility in being broke, right? Because if you want to help people, if you have more money, you can help more people. Just that's, that's, a, that's a fact, right? Like you can, you can be well, all. That's the thing. If you, if you solve a problem, the better, the more problems you solve, the more money you'll make. Spirit world solves a problem but there's not a lot of people that even are aware of that problem. So it's not going to make a lot of money the way I, I, I would like it to. Right. So the, if you want where, where we're going, because people are so dumb, 
it's dumb action, right? There's people that are like half as good looking as you, half as smart as you, but they take dumb action selling fucking napkins on Amazon or something. And they're making tens of millions of dollars a year just because they took fucking action. And that's what people don't realize. The future is now going to be dumb fucking action to cater to dumb fucking people. Love it or hate it. Higher minded shit ain't going to be flying until after the collapse gets so bad that it forces people to be more introspective and more spiritual and more like reflective, like what really happened? Because that's what unplugs us. It's generally something bad had to happen for us to be unplugged. So I just wanted to, sorry to interrupt and I didn't mean to take over the conversation there, but. Yeah, no, no, I, I love that too, because honestly, man, like listening to some of the people in this, this kind of small community who is like you're saying, it's your world solved a massive problem to me, which I'm, I'm very grateful for, for you, you know, for my entire life, really, I can kind of use this knowledge and kind of build forward from that. But like you said, it's not very marketable. There's not a lot of people that want that. Right. And like yeah. the, the thing about that is like a lot of people in that community that at least would go to there, it's all that scarcity mindset of like, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, if it's like, if I need to pay attention to the environment, then I can't even like, you know, support this company who uses shipping because if it uses shipping, then I'm, I'm <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, dude, you got it. Like if the economy's working and you can make money doing that and you're going to be a better person because of those things, you can align yourself with certain um, action, like you're talking about still helping people, but use a marketable way of which you're going to reach more people in a kind of niche. You've done one with spirit world. Now you're doing one in a, in a different one. Um, but like, I think that that's the kind of thing that people can fall into is that like scarcity mindset, victim mentality of like, Oh, well, I know the world is so crazy. So I might as well just sit here in a hole and die. And it's like, Hey, you've just fed the system even more. Right. That's the MGTOW crowd you're talking about earlier, where it's like, they learn how all this stuff works. And then they're like, oh fuck women we don't need them fuck it i'm not and like they and it's like no it's not it's women's all these things are just biological like features that are being exploited so they might appear as though they're flaws but they're actually features in our historical evolution right all these things really do help us men being driven by sex really does help our species women being concerned and being hypergamous and selectively choosing a good partner to be able to take care of her while she raises the kid. That's a really good feature. It's just the way it's being like being exploited. Women are now like, oh, I can get this Saudi prince. I can get this, you know, cause they have access to people all over the world. So they think they're the prize and they're gonna keep going after the best guys that they can get. And if you can't stay ahead of her by like one to two points, She's going to think she can get better than you in monkey branch. And you need to be realistic as a man where if you're with a woman and realize you're not achieving your potential and you're not meeting her expectations, she's going to leave you. And that's okay. If, if you just don't, don't expect her to stay with you, if you're going to be a loser, or if you're going to let yourself go, you don't get to let your hair down and relax. You're a man. And that's what people need to, to get, get realistic about. But I want to go into what you're saying. You're, you're following that. Uh, was this Sean? Sean, Sean Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. So John Whalen who's telling people to get filthy rich. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And I think so. So yeah, one thing like you just kind of go on these tangents. I'd love them too. So like one thing that I find great too, is like almost like if you find the right woman that you actually genuinely love too, it's almost like I'm going to work my ass off to show you how much you mean to me too. And this is, these are the ways that I'm going to kind of show that. Right. And, and it's, it's kind of like the same thing on two different spots. I would adjust that there. I would even adjust that because right there, you're already entering in her frame. I'm working this, I'm working my ass off so I can afford you. No, it's, you need to be on your purpose because that's what you're passionate about. And she literally just compliments your life. 
doesn't complicate it. If you don't, you need to set the frame where it's comply or goodbye. I don't need to do anything for you, woman. You are lucky to be in my life. And if you don't like that, go cater to some rabble on the internet or whatever else. Go, go get, there's tons of cases where women divorce guys that were actually good guys because they thought they could get better only to end up lonely in their forties and realize divorcing the guy that they were married to because he wasn't the income earner that she wanted. That was like the biggest mistake of her life. And so a lot of young women are now starting like the girls in their early twenties. Now, a lot of them are not as fucking feminist as this other crowd. Cause they're seeing the end result of all these women who in like the seventies and shit and all this feminism fucking they're now all ruined old hags like, oh, oh, grab them by the pussy, Donald Trump. And they just obsess over politics and all this other stupid shit that doesn't matter. And they're lonely cat enthusiasts. So I just, I'm sorry to go on another diatribe, but you were saying something about working for the woman. I just want to adjust that. No, you are working for you and God. You don't answer to women. You answer to God. Women answer to you, children answer to the women. That's what Owen says. And I agree hundred percent with him. So where does, so people might say that too. And people like, so Owen's a, Owen's a great example, right? He's, you know, I guess a guy that really kind of does that. He's, he's one of those guys that's like, I'm going to say this, I'm going to piss off everyone. And you're, you got to come along for the ride, but I maybe want to touch on this because and like, he's set because as long as he stays high value, like he is, his wife's never going to fucking leave him. Cause he's high value. He's got a whole right. community. He's got social proof. He's a provider. He's a farmer. He's a leader. He's like what women want, you know? So in, is he the best looking guy in the room? No, but he's good looking enough. And he's fucking an alpha male kicking fucking ass and showing people a blueprint. The problem is a lot of people think they can be Owen Benjamin at no cost. No, Owen Benjamin did the work to get where he was. And he has a skill These set. Other people think they're going to do yeah, and they think these other people think they're just gonna show up and be Owen Benjamin, and it don't fucking work like that. You gotta work. You gotta fucking struggle. You gotta work your ass off, and you need to be you need to be willing to do it for twenty decades or twenty years, two decades without any results, because that might be how long it takes. Right. There's okay. No, so there's no, you don't know. Right. Yeah. So, but, but all you can do is just all you can do though is do your do your work without any expectations because it's the right thing and it's the passionate thing. And if you can monetize it, great, but you can't be doing it for women. You can't be doing it for social proof. You can't be doing it for all the materialistic things. You got to be doing it for you and to try to, for, to, to achieve your best version of yourself. That's yeah. Okay. Saying. Yeah. No, no. Okay. I, I got you. I would just want to hit on this before some mind snap shut and kind of turn this off is more like, so, so taking someone like going for an example, right. That's you do have a genuine love both from man and woman. Right. And I want to maybe like touch on that and how you, maybe what your conceptualization is, the things that you speak about, how do those actual genuine emotions play into these sort of in this framework that you're, you're speaking about, because I can see that like, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time not getting triggered by things, but I can hear people getting triggered by what you're saying. And I'm wondering how that, that kind of actual genuine, like that genuineness does fit into the model of what you're talking about. So an off, like an honest person or a person who's not in complete delusion, when, if, if you're feeling yourself getting triggered, that is literally reality informing you that you are a beta 
cuck little pussy who gets offended by words and you ain't ever going to amount to shit. You are not worth shit and you are never going to do shit noteworthy with your life as long as you get triggered like a little fucking pansy delicate flower. Nobody's catering to you. You need to not get triggered by what people say and either look at it and say, hmm, that's interesting. Let me see how I can evaluate that. If you can evaluate that and incorporate it into your life where it benefits you, great. If it doesn't benefit you, let it go. You got to let all things go that don't serve you and your own imperative, including everything I've said in this interview. If it doesn't resonate with you and it's not adding value to your life, you don't need it. My book is not for everybody. Some people are perfectly happy with where they at. And that is the cool thing about this world is life is your experience. You don't need to be the way I say you should be. You don't need to be the way anyone says you should be. You need to be the way that you intend to be. You need to be able to look at that mirror and say, yes, I am the best version of myself. And if that means the best version of yourself is being like Jack Murphy while he's like, you know, coaching masculinity. Meanwhile, he's like, a super cuck that like allows his girlfriend to go off on Tinder dates and bang young dudes. And he's making like amateur porn stuff and dildos up his fucking ass. If that's who you want to get your masculine advice from, go, go do that. If that's where you are at, I'm not judging, but don't come at me like you're fucking alpha male, heterosexual, you know, a good example of a man. And what I'm saying is just like, if it offends you, that is your sign. You need help because you wouldn't get offended by words if you didn't need help. And so that's why I'm, I, I'm not, I don't even care if people read it. I just put it out there as this helped me, this content transformed my life and people who saw me six months ago, see how much different I look than I do today. And you see the results. I did it. I gave you an example. If you want that experience and you have the six months of putting in that work, you're going to be on a different trajectory in six months and your life's going to be so much better. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. Some pe some misery loves company, Rob. These fucking cliche sayings exist for a reason. Some people just, it's like even in the Bible, they say don't cast your pearls before swine because some people are fucking swine and they like rolling around in the shit. They're, so this isn't for them. So I would say if someone's getting triggered, good, let them turn it off. That's your filter. You don't want them listening to you anyway, because they'll be the first ones that try to cancel you. I've had that happen to me. You don't want people like that in your sphere. So I look at this as like, it's a, it's a purification filter. It's going to burn away the chaff, right? Get the wheat. We want the wheat, you know? Right. Okay. So what about, but, but what I'm saying is like, what about the, what about the genuine love between some, someone in that position? So you're talking about like the dynamics of like what a guy needs to do to lead. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like um, a guy like Owen does work very hard because he loves his, his wife and kids as well. It might not be the driving, yeah. I guess, like catalyst of like what he should intend to like go after, but that is sort of uh, definitely a catalyst to, to, to produce and be as valuable as he can be. So I'm wondering what your opinion is on like that. Do you know what, do you understand what I'm saying? Sort of, I would just say it all starts with your, um, this is another thing I got from Rolo Tomasi. Um, so if you haven't read the Rational Mail book series, uh, put that on your list in addition to Spirit World, in addition to Get Mad or Get Realistic. These are all valuable books, especially um, another great book is Unplugged Alpha by Rich Cooper. But what you need to look at is 
are you coming from a place of your own mental point of origin or are you not? And a lot of people are not coming from their own mental point of origin and they're, they're abandoning their mental point of origin and exiting their frame to go into someone else's frame. And so Owen is his own mental point of origin. He almost got forced there by being blackballed. You know, like if you look at like the way they canceled his ability to make a living on, on platforms that had nothing to do, you know, that ought to not have anything to do with somebody's political views or profession or, you know, stances on anything. It's like, if you're in the business world, you should just be forced to stick to that business and, and not be able to discriminate. You know, if you're going to do business, you got to do business with everybody or not at all. But that's not the world we're living in because it's all emotional women and gays ruining everything. And oh, this person said something we don't like. So we're canceling. And that's what happens when you allow these types of people, nerds and all that shit, feminine people to create all these platforms and constructs that we're going to engage in. The real problem is not them. The real problem is our tolerance of them. And that's what is going to get corrected at some point. It's probably going to be brutal. I hope it's not. But I, I understand if it is. I don't want to be involved with it. I would That's why I did this to just rather bring people up to speed and say, listen, man, the world can go to shit, but your life can be fucking beautiful. You can be, I mean, the good thing about 90% of men being unattractive to 90% of women is now it's easier than ever for you to get the 10, the 90% the of women. All you have to do is work on yourself and be attractive and you beat out most of the crowd. Right. Now you add money, you add status, you add social proof to that. And all of a sudden, none of her defenses can stand a chance against you because everything she's biologically wired to want is going to be found in you. And women will correct their behavior for the right man. The problem is, is they're all going after the wrong man's because a wrong men, because they're not good judges of character. Women are very easily influenced by liars, deceive. They're very impressionable. Whereas men seem to be more rigid skeptics. You know what I mean? We have a less trust for, we trust authority a lot less than women trust authority because women are biologically wired to trust the authority, which is usually the man of the household, right? So whether you want to be or not, if you're going to be a husband or a wife, I mean, a husband or a father, you are going to be the alpha male of that household, even if you're not an alpha male. You got, you're going to be that leader and you need to be able to um, accept the responsibility and that authority and that power. And if you're not, well, then that woman's going to look at you like she made a bad decision and it's never easier for her to just monkey branch to somebody else because there's 20 guys in her DMs trying to fuck her right now. That's why you can't let them have social media and stuff because women like that attention and they're yeah. like using it against you. Yeah. And I think that the, the interesting part about what you're saying too, is, is if people are getting triggered by this as well, is the idea of like, well, look around the world right now and ask yourself, is this the way that you've, you're viewing and you can see men behaving? And then what are the divorce rates? What are, what, what's the, the population, um, the population density, like how many people are having kids and just ask like, are these two things correlated? Right. And is it just my, my perception and my bias to closing my mind to this information when some of the things you're saying could be, could potentially be true. You know what I mean? Like those, those kind of things are important to kind of to, to, to take into mind. What is the divorce rate? It's like, it's like 70%, right? It's like 70% of marriages fail or something yeah, well, like that. It's, it's high. 
Yeah, the, the difficulty with that number though is that like if you're divorced, you could you could most likely get divorced again. Whereas if you, if you stay together, you're yeah. only you know what I mean. It's only one data set, but yeah, it's it's high. It's not. It's not and great. I don't think they recorded it. I don't think they record those statistics as well because I don't think they want people to know how bad it is because they're making so much. The legal system is making so much money off of it. Right. I also um. Like uh, I was gonna say something about the divorce. What was it? Uh, when you look at like. The, the final results of divorces, it's like over 80%. It's in the favor of women. I mean, it's, it's almost as bad as how, like, it's almost as bad as police never being held accountable for people they kill. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's like the whole system is rigged like that and they make so much money off of it that there's no incentive for them to stop. So you as a man need to say, okay, this is the way it is. If I, you can still have a family and be in a great relationship and live with someone without getting into that unconscionable contract. But even then you need to look at what your state laws are because some places, I think even where you live in Canada, if you live together under common law, you're considered married. Yeah, after So time. you need to be aware of that. And there's some places where if you move in with a single mom, even though those children aren't yours, if she leaves you, you're gonna be responsible for them for child support because you assume that role. So you just gotta know where you are in the world, what the laws are like, and decide if that's a place where you want to have a family or get involved with those types of people. And it's just, you know, again, you can get mad or you can get realistic. I, I, I named the book that because I found myself saying that so much that I was like, it literally is like, it's all I have to say about everything. Get, get with the program. Stop living in the 19th century and 20th century. This is like a different paradigm. This middle-class bullshit that they fed you all these lies, that perfect life gone man gone communities aren't there the birth rates are way down and so they're flooding the country with uh you know immigration and then when that happens you have all these people who don't have american ideals it's not that immigration is wrong it's just the fact that when you allow people who aren't don't share your ideals to just flood your country and like double the population in one person's lifetime like when i was a kid i remember the population was like 200 million now it's like 320 million are you fucking kidding me where who's got the resources to handle that yeah and then there's all the, the economic, just, yeah there's all the economic problems too and then you make money here and then send it back to your home country as well it's, it's effectively you know depleting your country's resources and all that kind of stuff but that's a different conversation i, I want to get to this yeah, question yeah. i was going to ask you like you know oh, yeah, yeah 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 the one that you're going to put me on the spot oh, yeah God. so Okay. So basically, um, you were talking about the rational male. Um, another great one too, is, um, you know, the way of men with Jack Donovan. I just finished that one too. So what I've noticed with, and, and Sean Whalen's a great example of this as well. And he, you know, he's very polarizing. He, he calls out people for the horseshit too. Right. Um, like classic example, uh, I did one of his Instagram questions, right. And someone asked a, a woman asked a question, um, you know, why I'm, I'm getting, you know, only getting these guys that are interested for this long and blah, blah, blah. And like, how do I attract an actual man? And he just basically like two lines, you're just like flies are attracted to shit, get better or something. Right. He was like effectively saying like, if you're, yeah, like if you are attracting all these guys all the time over and over again, maybe you should get realistic as opposed to getting mad. And you should basically go like the data set here is, is I am the problem. But anyway, so so he's a good guy for for he's he's very similar to what you kind of talking yeah, about here. Just to add to that is, uh, as a woman, there's not much you can do once you like you're you this 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 nation this paradigm lies to women and teaches them that like you're going to be desirable in your fifties or your forties, 
And it's like, no, you have, as a woman, you have a really short window. Your biological prime ends at 23 years old. So then you get to your thirties and that is when you can't compete with your younger self and get the same type of quality of guys that you were used to getting in your early twenties. And then you have to get realistic. And then there's like this desperate zone from like 30 to 35, where it's like, they need to lock somebody in and have babies with them. And then that's going to be a bad choice anyways. So then they're going to get divorced or break up and then they're going to be a single mom in their late thirties, early forties. And it's like, what guy with options is going to settle for that other than a guy who's just looking to get laid. Right. And someone needs to be realistic with women. Like you need to choose better. You need to, you need to make really good decisions in your early twenties when you actually have your peak sexuality and start your families. Then don't be trying to have families in your thirties because that's when your eggs start deteriorating and more likely the kids going to have health problems. You can, it's a free country. Just be realistic about what you're doing. If you're going to forego family and go be a career woman, just be realistic with the end result, you know? So anyways, back to Sean. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's also, I think just by nature, women are less confrontational and a lot of guys are getting confrontational in the way that you are about your writing too. And saying like, Hey, this is what you can do. You can get mad or you can get realistic and more women need to call each other out and say like, Hey, we're not happy. We're not like, we're not down for what's going on here, but all we're being told is one kind of thing. But anyway, so, okay. So Jack Donovan, basically he, he, for men, like they, he would basically group. And I've noticed this with a lot of different people. Paul check does this too, as well, as well, actually, like they all kind of central around a core four that people kind of need to focus on to become better men, better individuals and become healthier or everything like that. Like Paul checks is because uh, he's a holistic health practitioner. It's Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement and Dr. Happiness. Like, you know, are you nourishing yourself? What do you want? Are you moving correctly and working out? And what are you driving towards? Sean Whalen is very similar where he has power, passion, purpose and production. Again, it's sort of like centered the same, the same kind of way. And Jack Donovan has strength, courage, mastery, and honor as his, in the way of men, he says, this is how you kind of um, orient yourself as a man. You have to be strong, you have to be courageous in the face of fear and all these kind of things. You have to have a mastery over something, right? In, in today's world, it'd be like your profession or whatever makes you money. And then honor among men and honor among you know, people like that. So I'm just wondering, I'm kind of putting you on the spot to like think of these things, but if you had a well, core those are, four- Those are all arbitrary. I like, okay. um, I like John Hogwood's uh, core four from modern life dating. So you can go subscribe to him. He's really good on YouTube. Um, he's got money, muscles, game, and frame. And the reason I like those better is because they're more, they're more, um, you can break them down like courage, power. These are all subjective. Like what do the, whoops, what do those mean? To different people whereas these other things are not as subjective yes you need to be able to make money because it's not the fact that money matters it's the fact that you can provide a lifestyle that a woman is going to be attracted to that specifically the types of women you want to procreate with and so if you're a guy who wants to start a family well how are you going to take care of that family if you can't provide with them and that's why like i'm the worst person to go to for for anything regarding um like running businesses because I'm not in that position yet. I took a really serious gamble and abandoned practical ways of making livings to do what I do. It's just writing because I feel like there was such a need for my writing that if I didn't do it, nobody else would do it. And that might be some grandiose like delusion that I have about it, but that's the way I see it, love it or hate it. That's why I've sacrificed the best years of my life when I should have been building a business doing this work to try to help other people. Um, 
And so I'm not a good person to ask advice for about the business and the money part yet. But then what happens if, um, you know, Spirit World sells 10 million copies uh, next year and all of a sudden I'm worth $100 million? Does that mean I can now talk about business and money? No, because I just did it. I already did the work and then the books just sold. So again, it's still, I still wouldn't have the skill set to run a business. I just wrote successful books and made money that way. So as I get more resources, what I need to do to work on myself is learn more about brand management, learn more about um, marketing, all this other stuff, learn more about actually running business. That's what I, that's where I need to improve. I just don't have the resources to do that yet, but I would really like to take on like a mentor to help me with that. But he, so money, that's his first one, muscles, strength. You can, you, what does strength mean? There's skinny motherfuckers that I see arm wrestling at bars, just destroying ogres because they've got the right fucking structural, the skeletal structural and the bone density that they can't be beat. So strength doesn't really matter. It's a subjective thing for me, but muscles matter because what happens when you have muscles, even if you are still not good at fighting, right? Like you don't have those skills that will, it doesn't matter because it still penetrates the illusion when you're in great shape people are intimidated because they're like, whoa, he wouldn't be in great shape if he wasn't tough, if he wasn't strong, and if he couldn't fuck someone up. And a lot of times people who are in great shape, they're like the nicest people. You they look like super jacked at the gym. And if you ask them a question, they're like, teddy bears, like, yeah, dude, let's, yeah, I'll show yeah. you. And they're like the most eager to help you. And they're like, just fucking jacked. And you're like, whoa. And so like a lot of people, you stereotype jack people and you get their character wrong. And some of those guys are like the nicest guys you could ever have in your corner. And so when you look physically imposing, you're penetrating that woman's biology or her filters. And she's like, he can protect me and he's fucking hot. And that will get you in more than anything else, more than the money, uh, more than like, how many times have you, has somebody watched, uh, you know, the girl they like go off with some, fucking douchebag who's just really good looking and, and in shape and has he's like got the personality of a brick but she's like i don't care he's so hot i needed to fuck him is that going to last for a long-term thing probably not but that's better to have that than anything else because then people will hire you too like if you're going into a job interview and you look really good who's going to want that you at somebody's place of employment or whatever they're going to want you on their team because you make their team look good because when you're good looking, people want to be you and people want to fuck you. And that feeds into social proof. And once you start getting that social proof going, then you start getting building status. People know who you are because you because they all want to be you. And then all the women want to fuck you. That is a skill set in itself. And people want to overlook that. Like there's always those fucking losers in the comments who are like, guys going to the gym, looking at themselves in the mirror sounds kind of fucking gay doesn't it? it's like uh you mean guys spending hours a day doing hard things to sculpt their body into some physique that allows them to get whoever they want to get yeah who cares who can don't listen to the rabble the internet rabble is just that the internet is not real life and a lot of these people can't are just there coping with their inadequacies so money now you got muscles now you got game this is the this is the big one that people can't have struggle with. Guys like you and I have an advantage of this because we were in the performance world. We've interacted with a lot of women because of it. And let's be honest, 
when you're around a lot of hot chicks and you're good looking, charismatic, you're going to get a lot of hot chicks. And that's what happens in the performance arts. Um, so love it or hate it, you need to be able to have swag. You need to be able to, um, you know, there's all different, there's, you don't, you don't need to conform to one type. There's different genres. You can cater to your strengths uh, and get women with them. For, for me, I'm not, you know, I've got to like, I, I almost have to be like a little like cocky, you know, just the, the things that people hate me for are the things that have allowed me to get women that they can only fantasize about, right? Because when you can treat a woman like she's common and just treat her like a person and not put her on a pedestal, that's hot to her because it lets her know, oh shit, like I'm, he's, he's used to getting people like me. It's not like a, this is nothing for him. He's actually high value. And I want to be with a high value guy because it makes me look good. It makes me look good when I have a high value guy and a good looking guy on my arm, just as like it makes a guy look good when he's got hot women around. Him. And so having that game and that ability, you know, a lot of people hate on game because they just look at it as like pickup artistry, where it's like, well, you're just saying what you need to say to bypass a woman's filtration system so you can sleep with her. And yeah, that's what people do use it for, but it's so much more than just intersexual dynamics. Game plays into knowing the game of life and how life works. I would actually redefine game as just realism, knowing how the world works and how people work realistically and using that to your advantage is game. And people can say that that's, a, that's not a good thing, but it's like, well, do you want to know how people work so you can interact them better? So you actually will achieve the objectives you sought to interact with them in the first place for, or do you want to sit there and go, Oh, I don't like how people work. I don't, I don't like that that works. So I'm not going to use it. It's your choice, but I'll tell you what, if you're a good looking guy and you've got a high sexual marketplace value and you've got no game, you're going to get wrecked by fucking women because you put them on a pedestal and you treat them like, like they're, you know, that's what happens. A lot of these guys who aren't good looking, they're good at business. They get money. Now that we can get all these hot chicks and then these chicks ruin them because they didn't have the game. They didn't know how women work. They didn't know the game that's being played, whether they want it to be played or not. And they didn't know how to protect themselves from the disastrous or insulate themselves from those disastrous uh, outcomes. And then last, uh, lastly, John uh, Hogwood has a, uh, frame and this goes into you have this goes into inner game and i agree with him how you feel about yourself is going to translate to how you look that's why you know you see people say don't judge a book by its cover don't don't judge people and i'm the exact opposite i'm like no you need to be judging people because somebody that looks sloppy that is telling you how they think they have bad habits they're fucking lazy they don't take care of themselves. You want to hire somebody who's letting their own physicality, their own, their most important thing they have in their life, their health, they're allowing that to go to shit. How do you think they're going to treat your company? You think they're going to be there uh, putting good ideas and good habits into your com company? Or do you think they're just going to be being a fucking slob collecting a paycheck and doing, you know, what he's told to do, but not doing anything more and you never getting what you wanted? but you're wasting all this fucking money paying these people. So inner game is a big deal and healthy inner game, loving yourself, not putting your failures onto other people. And that's why the first chapter in get mad or get realistic is called 
everything is your fault. Good or bad, you, you made the choice that led to that. And I know shit happens out of your cans, and I, but we ultimately have a choice on how we respond to every situation we're in. So because of that, the inner game is crucial. And I don't know what that would course, these would correspond to their ideas, but the reason I like John Hogwood's uh, big four better is because they're specific physical, like they're actual things that can be defined and it's right. not subjective. If you don't think highly of yourself, like every successful person I've ever talked to, they didn't become millionaires and then start thinking like millionaires. Right. They figured out how millionaires thought, started thinking like millionaires, started behaving like millionaires, and then the millions came to them because they started finding solutions like millionaires do. They've started helping people. The more people you help, the more if you create a service that helps people or satisfies the problem that they had, the more money you're going to make. And a lot of people, um, they, they struggle to realize that they want to, again, most people are crabs in the bucket. And I don't know if anybody knows this analogy, but like, if you ever caught crabs, like if you grow up up by the ocean, especially in New England, we got like blue crabs and shit, spider crabs, the crabs in the bucket, when they try to get out, they'll like stand on top of each other and one's about to get out, but then they'll climb on top of each other and like pull them back in. Cause they're so like, me, 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 I gotta be like, and they can't, and this is the average person. So the average person wants to drag you down to their level. And so they want to, they want, they can't understand how a successful person thinks, how an independent person thinks, how a sovereign person thinks. Uh, they want to bring you down to their level. And because of that, they're not willing to improve because in order to get better, you need to first realize where am I on a scale of one to 10? Where am I with looks? Where am I with money? How good is my game? Just do each one, one to 10 and be as brutally honest with yourself as possible. And where am I with how I think about myself? And some of these things you can fix. Um, well, all of them you can fix, but some of the things you do have physical limitations, right? With your genetics or with your physicality. And you need to learn to love yourself um, once you put in the work and you're, you're like at the best that you can possibly get naturally. You need to know like what your limits are. But that doesn't mean be a sloppy fat bastard and be like, I love it. My bitch tits are big and beautiful and I'm fucking sexy. And if you don't like my bitch tits, then you're the one that's fucked up. No. You need to be realistic with yourself and say, okay, now this person is successful. This person does have a lifestyle that I want to have. This person has the physicality that I want to have. This person has charisma, game that I want to have, confidence that I want to have. What can I learn from that person? If you approach life that way, people will help you. If you approach life like you've got all the answers and there's, you, you can't, you're infallible and can't do anything wrong, you know, you're going to be staying at that plateau where you're at and so and it's like um the the first step to changing is to admit that i'm not the best version of my, myself and i need to fucking turn it up I, I need to turn up the intensity and i need to start focusing on focusing on things that solely benefit me and if something doesn't complement my life i don't accept it into my life including women but most people are so enslaved by their physical desires that they can't let that go they're like well i need i need to keep getting trying to get women because i i need to jerk off and i need to i need to solve my reproductive problem it's like no focus on yourself be celibate if you need to i'm not saying don't date women i'm just saying you need to spend more energy on yourself and being a better version of yourself 
than only focusing on pursuing whatever, you know? Absolutely. I love it. And I love that that is, as soon as you said it, it, it did make sense where a lot of those are very ethereal, where that's a bit more measurable mm-hmm. and kind of grounded. Like I like them. I like the, I think, I think their words sound better. I like that strength, courage, you know, I like the way that sounds. I just don't know how to define it exactly. in a way that's like digestible for an average Joe. Hey, speaking of like an actual writer, right? You're and like, I, I, can, I consider myself like an average Joe. Like I'm in, like if I'm looking at it, like an average Joe would look at it because I need all the help that I can get as well. It's not like I'm sitting here at the top of the mountain. I fucking zeroed out like a little bit more than a year ago. I just was able to turn it around. If you were in a similar situation that I was in and you, you're looking for a place to turn it around, check out my book. If not, then don't. I'm not saying I'm the example. I am not at the pinnacle. I'm at the very bottom of what I'm capable of being. So that's, I'm just on the trajectory now. Like it's observable to everybody who's been watching my journey that I'm now on the right trajectory. Right. Right. All right. So I got a couple more, basically. I'm just, I'm just really curious. Did you say though, there was something you were going to put me on the spot with? Well, I was curious about, like, I was wondering about what yours were, but though, like, you know, that oh, breakdown oh. is, is perfect because, you know, some people off the top of their head, they might not be able to kind of just go, well, this, this, and this. I oh, think yeah. those are great. Go check those out are- Modern Life Dating. Go check out Modern Life Dating, man. He's a, he's a, great, he's a great resource. I don't, you're never going to agree with everything somebody says. Just take and pick, like, if some, just implement something. And if it works, it works. If not, then let it go. Because what worked for you might not work for me. And what works for me might not work for you. You've got to tailor everything to your experience because we all have these unique attributes, you know? So you got to right. figure out what works for you and yeah, let and go was- stuff that doesn't work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people struggle with their purpose and what, like, what should I do? Okay, Dylan, I want to do this. I just don't know what direction to go in. And what I, what I've been trying to say too, is like, cause I've had that question too, is like, you have to ask yourself the question in whatever way you can ask that to get the answer out. The first question you ask, what do I want to do? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, if you had, you know, all the money in the world, what would you do then? It's like, that's not realistic. Okay. If I were to pay you 80 grand a year to do something, what would you pick? You know, it's like, just ask that question enough times in enough ways. And the answer will come out exactly what you're saying is like those kind of things about um, it's gathering as much data as you can to input it and process it. So you can have some sort of output, right? Like the classic trivium. Um, So basically with that, think about what you were just saying. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. I was just, I was just going to say with what you just said, you also have to be practical because I wasn't practical. So like I'm where I am, like I'm getting by in life, but I am not, I should be fucking loaded. I should be a fucking multi, multi-millionaire because I was around multi, I was around very successful. There's, I have zero excuses to not be successful because I was like pretty much uh, trained by wildly successful people, but I, I couldn't get down with those industries. I was finicky, right? So you also need to, I, this, I saw this tweet from this guy uh, named Lawrence King on Twitter. I think his handle is Lawrence King, yo. He's, he's a really good guy to pay attention to because he puts a lot of like funny, like one-liner tweets or whatever, but that make you think in addition to other good resources. But he said, he tweeted something about the most successful lacrosse player or lacrosse coach in the world only makes $250,000 a year, but mediocre NBA players or NBA coaches make millions of dollars a year. So the moral of the story is it's better to be mediocre at something where there's money than it is to spend all this energy on something where there's no money. And so what I did is I spent all this energy on something where there's no money, which is like my books and stuff. People don't read it's, it's an outdated thing. So yeah, people benefit from it, but it was the stupidest thing for me to ever do with my life. 
but I thought I th I, I, I didn't I didn't think it would be as poorly received as they were. I thought they were I thought there would be because when I wrote them, it was at like the peak of like the truth community being cool, like back yeah, in like yeah. the early like two thousand like tens, if you will. So like I thought this shit was gonna catch on and I thought we were gonna like beat this new world order shit. And what I just realized is no this it's here to stay because the people are so degraded and sloppy and feminine and just amoral not necessarily immoral they just they can't be bothered with standing for anything like that matters that you're expecting basically something that's a little above a farmyard gmo raised creature you're expecting that to like be a wild bison or a wild lion and it's not it's it's just a it's a gmo corn-fed farmed creature and why are you catering to it? And I know that sounds really awful, but that's what they've shown me. That's what this world has shown me. And I don't see the world the way I want it to be anymore. I see it the way I see it, the way the reactions I get, the lack of reactions I get. And so for me, um, I just think like, you've got to worry about what you can worry about and let go what you can't worry about. And if you can do something about something, you don't even need to worry about it because you can do something about it. If you can't do something about it, you also don't need to worry about it because you can't do anything about it. So fuck it, just don't worry. Just, just, I mean, I try to live every day like you're born. I was lucky enough to wake up today. Some people, my grandmother just passed away uh, like on the ninth when I published that book, uh, Get Mad or Get Realistic. One day she's here, the next she's not. She went to sleep and she never woke up. That's gonna happen to all of us someday. And that's if we're lucky. So because we don't know when our expiration date is, try to live each day like it could be your last. Don't be fucking reckless if you don't want to be, but just 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 think that, like, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to make it home from work today. There's no guarantee you're going to see your family again. So how would you live life if that were ever to happen? And for me, my head hits the pillow every night knowing that I fucking worked for hours, I wrote, I did all this stuff that I could, I produced content, and I did everything that I could within my means. Can I do more? Can I do better? I'm sure there's ways I can grow and do better. But right now I'm doing the best that I can. But it, it does require, everybody needs to get mentors. And so I know this is another diatribe, but it just goes back to when you're saying like doing what you want stuff. Also be practical. Don't spend all this energy doing something. Don't try to catch fish where there's no fish, right? Don't go fishing in some deserted swamp. Go to the ocean. That would be my thing, because I think I, I think I, I think I was in like a, like a, like a brackish water, like when you know those bogs that or whatever those like marshes that connect to the ocean. So you think there's gonna be fish in there, but it's really just fucking like otters and stuff, nothing crazy. That's <laughs> like right? Yeah, no, I, I love it too, man. And like one of the things that I heard on on a podcast recently, which is great, was uh, no complaining without solutions, which I think is great because you got to, you got to name the problem, right? You first got to understand that you have a problem here, but you can't just wallow in that. You have to find a solution and be able to kind of like, that's what's helped me is it's like, you know, don't fall into the victimhood mentality and all that kind of stuff. And I was just curious, like with, with, with all of this, everything we've talked about, where would you like to see us head to and how do we get there? Um, that's a really good question. And I don't think I am at a, um, I don't know, like uh, sometimes I've, sometimes I think in life, 
we want something or we want things to be a certain way. And we don't realize that that's not even good for us because we're at one level of understanding. And then in 10 years, we're gonna be at a totally different higher level that can achieve a better perspective. So I don't know that I can, I, I don't think I'm at a level of mindset that is actually even qualified to answer that. Like, I don't think I've worked on myself enough or I'm where I wanna be even remotely close to it to say, oh, this is the way that I would like to, this is where I would like to see. Uh, if there's one thing I could say, it would be, I would like everything to be um, people to respect freedom a little bit more because that's ultimately where all the solutions are gonna be found. No matter what the subject is, is just let it be freedom and free will. And the moment you start trying to control things or push an agenda, that's when it creates all this havoc and chaos and degradation where it's like, if we weren't in a situation of people thinking that they can violate your free will and social shame you for the decisions you make and all that stuff. If we weren't in a place where that was acceptable, none of this shit would be happening. But it's because people feel like they have some sort of right to impose on your free will. And that's a real problem for me. So if, if you ultimately ask me, I say, I wish uh, people would be more free will and free willing have the free will for people in like public spaces to just be telling people to shut the fuck up, bitch. You dumb fucking hoe, Anderson Cooper. You Sanjay Gupta, you dumb fucking hoe. Shut the fuck up. You fucking cock sucking shell of a man. You ain't shit and you don't get to tell me shit. Hey, Dr. Fauci, shut the fuck up. Take your money and shut the fuck up, you paid government troll. Oh, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. Shut the fuck up, you inbred Rothschild whore. And I would literally talk to these people like that, but I can't because I live in a nation of fucking pussies who don't have my back, never will have my back. So where do I see things going or where do I wish things were going? I don't know anymore, man. I don't know because I, I just think uh, it's better to let God decide the fate of all this. And even though that's kind of a religious belief, I understand that. I just don't think I'm qualified to, I don't, I don't think my opinion of it is qualified at this point because I have such a low opinion of seeing where everything's gone that all I could say is let freedom reign. Freedom and everything else was, will fall into place with freedom. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if people don't really understand where you're coming from here, I think if they read Spirit World, you would, they would know exactly where your mindset is with this because you've, you've dove into these kind of things quite intensely and you know what you're talking about with that. I mean, I got blackballed I, I, in Hollywood. Uh, between, like, I tried to work, I worked my whole life to try to make something of myself. And between me and every fucking goal, there is some gay troll like a Harvey Weinstein on a bridge between you and your dreams saying, pay the gay toll, pay the gay troll toll. You, you shall not pass. Let me, let me suck your dick. You know, it's like just fucking nasty. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't want sexual favors. If I ever ran a business, there would be absolutely no blend of sexuality and business. You would, if I ever caught somebody doing anything sexual on my dime, I would not want that because I want the best work. I want the best art. I don't want people doing shit for using using this industry as a means to facilitate their prostitution rings. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this place is a very corrupt, like, and it's not just Hollywood. It's in, it's in the corporate structure. And what does the corporate structure follow? 
It follows the mystery school structure, you know, like the secret societies. What do they follow? The fucking structure of the church, right? That's why the government, the corporations and the churches, their structures are all inseparable because it's all the same system. And that's why, um, you know, it might sound frustrating, but it's like, I'm literally watching people ruin their fucking health by caving into peer pressure from whiny little bitches. So outside of freedom, I would like to see uh, masculinity come back, but not be um, not be ruthless. Like it's, I'm not saying I want like violence or anything, but I want to see uh, I want to see a less tolerance, like less tolerance to allowing ugly people into positions of power because most ugly people hate themselves. And one of the patterns you will see with people who hate themselves is they they try to control other people. And when I look at good looking people, they don't try to control other people because their lives are too good. They've got too much options, too much going on. What do we, I don't care what you do. You're like, a. am not concerned with your life. I'm fucking loving my life. I don't need to think about your life. And that's the problem is the less somebody likes their life, the more they try to control other people's lives because misery loves company. So that's why, you know, I don't think we can change anything other than ourselves and Reality and nature is going to play out based on how we change ourselves. So for me, I guess that's the other thing. I would say uh, I hope people put more effort into becoming the best versions of themselves so they can actually enjoy their life better. They can have more options for themselves. And, um, you know, when you feel good, you treat people better because you're happy. When you're miserable, you don't treat people well. You're short with people. You know, when you're loving life, fucking everything's good. It's like, yeah, drinks are on me. I'm not, I'm not worried about that because I'm making money. I don't care. I'll pay for dinner or whatever. It's like, you're not nickel and diming people. And, and that's like, these are like little patterns to look for. People who are looking for discounts, people who are asking you about returns. These are all low quality. That, these are all symptoms of a deeper internal issue that they have, which is that they are like bottom of the barrel. And you need to be able to filter that from your life, whether it's through raising the prices of your products, whether it's through um, just only going to high-end establishments, whatever. There's a reason the shit exists the way it does. The world is exactly as it is as a direct result of the exact way that we have become. And so if we want to change everything, we've got to change ourselves, but you can't change me. I can't change you. We can ask each other for advice. We can ask each other for feedback, but ultimately we've all got to do our own work for ourselves. That's it. It's very simple. Awesome, man. I love it. Um, I usually ask people one last question um, on every show to kind of get a soundbite or something like that. And I feel like you kind of wrote a book, so you, you, you wrote a book on it. So you kind of have um, something in your mind here. But with what you just said, if people want to find empowerment solutions and to take, have more courage, have more bravery or, or get more muscle or all that kind of stuff, what would, what would your advice to them be at this moment in time? Um, for muscle. So well, just, in, just in sort of like, matter, just, well, just sort of like empowerment or something, if they want to better themselves, if they, if they're looking at the world right now and going like, I need to, I need to fucking change. What would you suggest? Obviously. Well, so you, you already answered the question for me, but just so people know, like my, um, get matter, get realistic. There's a whole chapter on the workout program that I did. I give you exact exercises. I give you how many reps and how many sets for each exercise. And I put it together for the five workout days. So you got back, 
biceps, you got chest triceps, you got power upper, you got power lower day, and then you also got a leg day and it's a five day rotation. So I have, there is like the whole book is a program for the answer what you just said, but outside of um, that and like a more like, I guess more ethereal answer, if you will, but a more pragmatic, you don't need, there is not one way to skin a cat. And that's what's cool about this. Again, what worked for me might not work for you, vice versa. So this, the component that everybody seems to share, whatever it is they do is consistency. So whatever your workout program, it's being able to do it consistently. The thing that separates somebody who uh, has a really successful business is consistency. They don't give up. You look at successful people, a lot of them have failed like with millions of dollars like 10 times before they finally got a business that like really fucking would like laid the golden egg every month you know some people get lucky and they do it right on their first get-go you know so you can't get upset people peak at different times in life um people get breaks at different times in life and you are not guaranteed to get any breaks or opportunities so you need to be looking uh for ways to create those opportunities for yourself and the best way you can do that is by working on yourself and lastly, I would say the best thing you can do to learn about reality is to get out in reality. So there's the natural world, but then there's also the natural, the civilized, the, nat, the real, reality within the natural world. So there's the man-made civilization, right? If you need to learn about nature of the world, go out in the wilderness. If you need to learn about the nature of women, go places where there's women and then talk to them, learn about them. If you need to learn about men, Go to, you know, go to a jujitsu class, go do some martial arts, whatever, so you can get around guys and, you know, make friends that way. You know, a lot of people are lonely because they don't know how to socialize because the internet has cut them off. And uh, that has changed our culture where people are, you know, they're, they're not really open to talking to each other as much. And you can especially see this in cities because there's so many people that we're all just like, tired of looking at each other because it's like I just leave me alone I'm just trying to get to my job I'm just trying to get to the grocery store just I just get out of my way but when you go to like a more rural area people are actually special so you can it's easier to start conversations with them and I, I would just say yeah get out if you want to learn about reality and how things work you got to be out in reality you can't be on a computer googling or youtubing your way to enlightenment or skills. You can learn skills on them that they're they're a valuable resource, but you got to take that and then implement it in the physical world in some way that has like value or meaning to you, you know? So right. That, that, would, that would be my answer to that. Yeah. No, I love it, man. And honestly, exactly what you just said is I think you you've done a tremendous amount of help in my life. And I can't thank you enough for that for writing these books. And um, exactly what you said is, is learning the information, but then going improving yourself to that, you know, in your actual own life, right? And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. You're a very, uh, very polarizing person, but I love it. And I love how you don't pull your punches at all. Um, I love how you can kind of trigger people and stuff like that, because I've been listening to these kind of guys for, for a long time now. And in any way that someone can understand this information, take it in and, and sort of distill it in their own being is super important. So um, I really want to thank you for your time, man. And I, we got to get you back on to kind of dive into spirit world itself. Uh, yeah. Listen, man, the door is always open to you. And um, in terms of polar, I'm not trying, like the thing is, I'm not trying to polarize people. I'm just trying to help a select group of men see the world the way it is so they don't fuck themselves up. And what happens is everybody finds a way to be offended by what they say, because they're sitting here watching this video 
Right now, this is just me and my guy, Rob, talking. So if you're watching this video, just know that I literally don't care about what you think about the conversation that I'm having with my guy, Rob, right? He's my boy. This is between me and him. You don't like it? Get the fuck out of here. The gay bars down the street, Walmart's that way, you know? Get the fuck, go to Costco, get yourself some food and go wait in the human cattle farms. This is just between me and Rob. And so this is a conversation that we're having to help other guys who think about these types of things. And if they find value in it, awesome. If you got offended by it, you're at the wrong watering hole and this isn't for you and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, just that, that, that's, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I am trying to make people become aware of things so they can protect themselves. And so they don't ruin themselves by having erroneous beliefs about things or naivete. That's the thing. It's naivete. And I was guilty of that. I, I nearly destroyed myself being naive. So that's all it is. And, and you know, I, I'm very grateful that you uh, support my work and uh, I'm happy. I like talking to you and uh, yeah, anytime doors always open, you know, and, the door is not open to people who are friends with you or think because you know me that they can just like slide into your DMs. Like, hey, get me a conversation with Dylan. No, you, you want me to talk to you? You need to be carrying spirit world like Mel Gibson carries the flag in that movie, The Patriot, right into fucking battle. And if you're not doing that, well, then who cares? Go get, go get a better guest, you know? I'm literally just here to take care of the people that take care of me. And that's what Rob does. And so I want to you know, make sure I give him a good show when I come on. If it's controversial, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take those arrows. Yeah. No, I, I love it, man. And I, I can take an ass whoop and I'll get back up. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, man. Like I, I and under all that, like people do get triggered with that kind of stuff, but I can hear the heart in there and I've read your words, man. And I can kind of see that too. So I can't thank you enough. And people who want to, um, carry that that sword like Braveheart into the fray um all the links will be in the description uh if you guys enjoyed this this chat i really hope you did um follow the links uh to find dylan and to find his work i think it's really important and um yeah we'll get you back on here to sort of dive into spirit world at some point but i really want to thank you yeah, for your time, man. thank you yep. and for those who actually do get mad or realistic if you actually implement it I've put my contact in through like my social media. If you get results, fucking share that, dude. Let's let's start getting, let's make fucking uh, it exciting for guys to transform themselves again, you know? Cause it's been really fun sharing my journey. And so you see someone else goes from like zero to hero in six months. It's awesome to know that you didn't help them but you gave them a tool for them to help themselves. It's like teaching someone how to fish versus catching the fish for them. That's awesome. So make sure you, you know, share that shit. If you, if you do that workout program and you get fucking in good shape and you're starting to get the ladies, we want to see that. We want to see wins. We want to see more guys winning. That's what, what, what it boils down to. No more going home with your tail between your legs. And uh, yeah, I'll send you the links on everything so you can just post them in. And I appreciate again, uh, if you did stay with us to the end of this, thank you for watching. We do appreciate you. And um for those uh, who support my work, thank you very much. I know I don't really try try to interact with people online so much anymore because I, I'm I, I'm very fair. So it's always like, well, if I respond to the good ones, I got to respond to the bad ones, but and vice versa. And I just would rather not respond because the bad ones are just they're just the energy vampires, and unfortunately, it makes it so I don't respond to the good ones anymore. So just just know that I do appreciate those who support the work, and um, I look forward to. Uh, 
hockey in the future. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed it. Links are on the description and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.